Principles for Your Week is brought to you by Christendom College and sponsored by our Principled Society members. Watch this episode and learn more about our free classes at GetPrinciples.com. Greetings from Christendom College here in the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. You know, as our days continue to get shorter and shorter and the darkness and that gloom seems to be encircling around us, particularly everyone up in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, it's important to remember that the same thing was going on at the time of our Lord's birth, all right? It was a time of darkness, but it was also a time of great hope. There was also a sense of longing and of expectation at that time. Part of the darkness was Herod the Great, who was reigning in Judea, a man so corrupt, so self-absorbed, that he couldn't even stand the thought of having his own children sit on his throne. As a matter of fact, he killed his own sons. Even far off in distant Rome, Caesar Augustus was heard to have quipped concerning Herod the Great, it's better to be one of Herod's pigs than his sons. The Gospel of Luke also portrays this time as a time of darkness in the world. But despite this encircling gloom and the darkness, back at that time, the faith of little Israel shone forth in the midst of all the darkness. We have to recall that prophecy had ceased in Israel for four centuries. For four centuries, there had been no prophecy at all. They had returned from exile and they had rebuilt their temple in Jerusalem. And those Jews were part of the great diaspora, spread all over the Roman Empire, all over the Mediterranean region. And they were gathering to pray in synagogues in Rome, uh, in Damascus, in Asia Minor, in Egypt, uh, all over the Mediterranean, in Greece, and even in distant Spain, they gathered to pray. With arms uplifted, they implored heaven to send down the chosen one. And although they were scattered, they always looked to the east, to the great temple in Jerusalem. And many who knew the prophecies also looked to a tiny, insignificant city of David, a little town called Bethlehem. And everywhere, even among the righteous Gentiles, there was a burning flame of hope and prayer that there would be some type of deliverance that would be given to the human race. And the chosen people knew that the Messiah was going to be a second Moses, and that's one of the reasons why many of the girls at the time of our Lord's birth were named Miriam, which is derivative of Mary, which means, in, which means the beloved. And all over Judea at that time, there were devout prayers offered up by Jewish maidens with a fervent hope and expectation. And what were they praying? Oh, Lord God, let me be the one to bear the Messiah. Let me be the one who will liberate your people. These prayers were undoubtedly good. They were noble and rose up to heaven like thousands of candles into the darkness of that night sky. And yet there was only one who dared not raise her eyes to heaven, who did not pray for that grace, who looked into the unfathomable mirror of humility, and who gazed into the tranquil pool of total innocence. And this young maiden, who strangely did not think of herself as being worthy at all, and thought only of other people, she who dared not to gaze up to heaven with that prayer, she is the one who will be chosen. She is the one selected from all eternity 
to be, in the mysterious language of Holy Mother Church, a mater digna, a worthy mother, worthy of God's Son. She is the one who will be blessed among women. How truly incredible the fruits of her Immaculate Conception must be. Is it any wonder that we sing out in the beautiful hymn, O Sanctissima, O Piissima, Dulcis Virgo Maria, O Holy One, O Most Merciful One, O Sweetest One, Virgin Mary. As we prepare for the celebration of Christmas, let us turn our gaze to Mary, the mother of Jesus, because she has only one desire, and that's to take our hand and bring us to her son. Thank you for being with us today, and may you have a blessed Advent and, yes, a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. Amidst a culture that attacks our faith and heritage, Principles and Christendom College help Catholics to know, live, and share their Catholic faith. Together, we can spread the light of truth to help renew the church, the family, and the culture. Support this and other free and faithful Catholic content at getprinciples.com support.